baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Sports. The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. Did you really think that after absolutely blowing your butt out in game one? Did they blow their butt out? Yes, they blew their collective butts out to try to get that win. Their weekly mission to provide hot takes, medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Take me to Flavortown. Luke Anderson. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Will Darkens. I know what you're thinking. What will the butt test tell us that the nose <laughs> test didn't? The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the Radio.com app. It's just turned into a gigantic Mexican. And 1080TheFan.com. Hour two! Sinner and the Saint, if you miss anything from hour one, go to 1080TheFan.com. Download the podcast after the show. You can also get it on Radio.com, the Radio.com app, uh, you know, other places. If you really need it, you can find it. It's out there. The podcast available for you, uh, brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. You're welcome. Michigan State up 14-7 on Michigan. Michigan looked good last week, beating uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Mm. Until Minnesota lost last night to Maryland. Remember Maryland didn't matter in the Big Ten? You mean in the Big East? No, no. Oh, Maryland's in the Big Ten? Big Ten. Uh, I'm excited for Pac-12 football. (laughs) I just wanted to throw that in. Because oh, no, I know. We did that last yes. week. We did the whole thing. It was very good. Uh, but I'm glad there's Big Ten football on. I will be I will be honest with you. Like, I, I realized very quickly that I care a lot more about the Big Ten than I do about the SEC, uh, the ACC, or the Big 12. That's for sure. Um, so having the 9 a.m. kicks for the Big Ten is great. wonder if we should bring up the idea of doing the Pac-12. Huh? Huh? Uh, Pac-12, Pac-12 9 a.m. kicks. I don't know. It's nice to watch it right now. Yeah, but probably I know. just because we have a 9 a.m. show. Well, and this is why, uh, you know, you and I have gotten into this quite a bit about uh, the whole differences between watching styles of college football. And yep. I, I want to know other people, too, what their take is on this 503-250-1080 fan text line is that you are more of a I want the action right now as I wake up college yeah. football person. For sure. Like you, you want to get up at 8 kind of mill around a little bit, maybe watch 10 minutes of pregame, and I'm into the games. Let's do this. Do it. I am more of a, I like the whole pregame thing yeah. and the whole kind of like... Pomp uh, and circumstance that goes around yeah, it. Yeah, the whole yeah. song and dance of like getting something to eat, setting up some snacks, maybe doing something else, like maybe going for a walk or working out and then like listening to some pregame on my headphones or doing something else, and then kind of ease myself in to the game. I find something better in that. Yeah. Um, which is why I think if we had Pac-12 uh, football at 9 a.m., I don't know, somehow it would kind of, it would disturb that. Yes, in it, a way. it definitely would. And, and the, the, reason, the reason that I would want it is entirely selfish. Just for me, I don't think it's a viable option because, man, for fans, 
that would be like going down to be ready to watch a game in Eugene from Portland at 9 a.m. seems like a slog. But you played Pac-12 football. What are the chances that that works out in any positive way for the players? Like that seems like, dude. What do you? What's your pregame, pregame day before evening look like? That you have to be up the next morning to be ready to play at nine a.m. So starting on Friday night, if you play at nine a.m. on Saturday, what's the what's the timeline like? Uh, what I would say is that. You know, yes, you have to get up incredibly early. And I, I also will point out that some players like playing early and some players sure. like playing late. Yeah. Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> I was Wait, one people of, are different. Yeah, well, you know. Hey, at a time like this. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that, you know, for player preparation, it kind of doesn't matter. How'd you sleep the night before a football game? I slept great. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Get, I, I liked playing early. Yeah. I think there was something better about that. You know, sitting in your hotel room all day, because that's what you do before a game. You wake up, you go do this little pregame dance where you uh, do seven on air and just practice plays uh, against nothing. And then you maybe like go to like one quick meeting and then the rest of your day is just literally watching college football inside of your hotel room. Just waiting. Yeah, you're just waiting and it's kind of nerve wracking in a way. So I enjoyed the early games because you just got right to it. How different for home games, though? Well, what do you mean? So you were in a hotel for home games. Oh, yeah, you were. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they'd ship you to Albany. Oh. Yeah. Well, because... <laughs> Keep you away from the student uh, population. Yes, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, you really can't trust <laughs> I did 18 not realize, to 22-year-old dudes. I did dudes. not realize that they shipped you to Albany and oh, then yeah. you bust back into Corvallis? Yes. That's awesome. The comfort in, my friend. Oh, you guys got luxury accommodations. Oh, it was pretty nice. And I'll tell you this, one of my favorite activities at the Comfort Inn, and I really did do this, before home games, they would always have these Lay's baked potato chips. Oh, the baked ones, because they don't want you eating that greasy Lay's potato chips. I would gorge myself. I do like the baked on Lay's. On Lay's baked potato chips before every game. <laughs> I would get like six bags, six mini bags, and I would just sit in my bed and continually eat them. And my roommate, Ryan McCants, like after a while, would just look at me and be like, why the hell are you eating so many chips? I was like, I don't know. And the reason he would say that is because I'd wake up every morning and complain and go, gosh, I'm thirsty. Why did I eat all those chips? Uh. I did. But you know what? It helped me sleep really well. Did it? Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Potato coma. Completely full of potatoes. I, getting back to the point is that, like, I think for players, you know, it's really dependent on what you want. But I, I would say that most of the guys I was around, you preferred early kick times because you just got it over with. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because really the agony of waiting for a really huge game, if you're really good and your games start to have high consequence to them. You know, I've, I've been through two types of seasons, the ones where you're very successful and ones where you're not. And the highly successful ones, there's a lot of waiting and agony because you just you want to win yeah. and you want to get to it. Um, I will say when you suck, eh, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like, yeah, whatever. We'll play whatever. Yeah. You're hopeful that you can win, but at the same time, you're kind of like, I don't know if we're ready for this one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, from a player's perspective and from my personal perspective as a player, I preferred getting the thing over with cause I, I was too anxious. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And you, you end up burning all that nervous energy throughout the day doing God knows what eating how many potato chips, um, doing whatever. <laughs> Fan text line, yes, 9 a.m., kick ass and eating chips. <laughs> uh, uh, 
and I will say too for fans because I've also been on the other side of it for early games yeah. in Corvallis that um, <clears throat> it, it does suck because I, I know tailgating is a big thing everywhere. Yeah, but tailgating in Corvallis, there's something special to it because the town just mixes so well into the university that yeah. like fans and students all just kind of mix together in this melting pot where like there's this really great experience you have as a fan just waiting for the game to happen Well, there's there's like the procession you do to yeah. the stadium because uh, same Guys thing coming out and everything but same thing in eugene but i just mean like from the town of eugene or corvallis to the stadium there's there's always this confluence of people and there's a the little bit of the procession that you have and in, in Eugene, it takes you right across, uh, I don't know what the name of the bridge is, but the bridge that takes you over to Autzen Stadium, where everybody just kind of bottles next, and then you're just in there, and there's so much energy. And the idea of, of that you have, a, like, a post-game celebration after a 9 a.m. kick, you lose a 9 a.m. home game, and the the outside fans take over your town, that would be uh, a very bad idea. Uh, Go ahead. Also, from the text line, I do appreciate this one. <laughs> Are we ready for Sacramento State? <laughs> If you remember, we got, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. And then somebody else telling me that, that I, somebody else saying that, like, oh, really? You're saying that the waiting's harder? Um, the longer you have to wait? Yeah. Yeah. I, go I to don't DMV. Know. I, Let me know. I think, I don't know. I guess I would respond like, I don't know. How was it for you playing Pac-12 football? <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. I don't like to rub that in too much because yeah, that, that is kind of that the, was a little out of character. I know it's good. the kind of douche take of like, well, I played and you did, but like sometimes it kind of warrants where I'm like, yeah, I don't know, dude. How about you tell me about your experience playing Division One <laughs> football? Yeah, I'm oh, you don't have any? Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, shut up. Don't, don't but, crap on my opinion yes. of something that I lived through. Like, and the reason I don't like to put yeah. that out too much because I, I do believe that sometimes I do have really bad takes on college football. Sure. And I don't want to muddy that up with like the fact that I also played it. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily correlate great takes to guys that have had experience. Sure. I think people that haven't played have really great takes and a really good perspective on the game. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, you, and you do. <laughs> and, you know, guys like Isaac do too, and so do Dirt and Sprague and everybody. They have really great takes on the game. And I think some of the guys that text in, to our show have good takes too but i think when it comes down to the minute fact of like hey is it better for players to play earlier yeah. than later and somebody that did play giving you that opinion and you trash it it's like well what do you want dude <laughs> <laughs> the opinion i can yes. give i i the this is literally the best opinion you could get somebody that played i yeah yeah sorry the, the well the one thing the one thing that i can relate to with that is i was i remember doing the uh morning show with cam and asking him what the, what the most nervous he ever was. Was yeah. it was before college football games, pro football games? And he said, neither. The most nervous he ever was was before he played uh, guitar for uh, with a band at the House of Blues. And Ooh. he said, getting up in front of that crowd, he yeah. said that was the most nervous he had ever been. Oh, dude, I would be nervous for that. And I did stand-up for a decade. And there was very, very few shows where I was not uh, at least some degree of nervous. But I don't know if waiting made it worse or made it better because if you knew you were going up first, you just started worrying earlier. And if you went up in the middle of the show, you could at least gauge how the crowd was going. So there's just there's always different factors to it. If you had a 9 a.m. kick, that good night of sleep might not have been as good. Um, so it's kind of interesting. But um, but I'm I'm I appreciate your take on it because I don't know what it's like to wait for a Pac-12 football game. 
Um, yeah, and I mean, but at the same I, time, yeah. but at the same time, we could probably line up six or seven guys from your team that may have different opinions. Yes, and there so, were yeah. dudes that had different opinions about it. I, I mean, you know, one guy I can think of in particular was like Keenan Lewis. Keenan Lewis was like the most relaxed dude I've ever seen in my life on game day. Now, that might be a skewed opinion because the one year I played with Keenan Lewis, he was a senior. Yeah, and he has probably at that point gotten enough experience that this was kind of old hat for him. I remember later in my college career, like I did get started getting less nervous before games because you you were just used to it. Like, yes, there would be a big crowd and yes, you've practiced the whole week. This is what it is. Um, But like, he was the most relaxed dude I've ever seen. Like he'd take naps before games. He'd like (laughs) sleep on the bus right over there. Like he was just like, and, you know, this is a dude who ended up being like a second team All-American and still plays in the NFL. Yeah. So it's like it, there's a difference of opinion from players. And I, I appreciate Cam's take, too, because I think a lot of the times when you're playing football, uh, you know, not everybody is looking at you. Yeah. Of course, there are cases like Trevor Lawrence. Sure. Yes, Everybody's yeah. probably looking at Trevor Lawrence yeah. the whole game at Clemson games. But like even for Cam, Cam was a very good player at the University of Washington, and he was a very good pro. But I also don't think that a lot of people were looking at him constantly during those UW games. No. I, I just, yeah, at the House of Blues, like, what do you have? Like 150, 200 eyes all staring at you? Probably probably 400. 500? And on the sides of the, yeah. The, 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 Maybe some, eight? Some of those venues are very big. Could be nine? I mean, at certain Actually, nights. To be quite honest, to be quite honest, those yeah. places could can pack yeah. it in and and that you know the number one fear in this country or in the world is public speaking and going up there and uh you know the first time the first time and I, i'm sure i've told the story on this show but the first time i did stand up i i realized because i was not the first performer but i realized that i hadn't considered whether i was going to be mic stand guy or hold the mic guy and i got so nervous about what to do with my hands that both hands went completely numb and then I got up there and I got on stage and I was calm and all the blood flow returned to my hands and I grabbed the mic, set the mic stand off and I was fine. But that the moment going up to it, that was the most nervous ever was going on. Both hands went numb and I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And I went up and the first joke worked and was, was the fine. first joke. Does anybody know how to resuscitate someone from an o- overdose? Because I can't feel my hands. Uh, is it weird that I'm floating six feet above my body and watching this off? Oh, you can't hear me. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, all right. Hey, let's talk some college. Uh, oh, no. let's. T- we just talked college football. Yeah, we did. Let's talk uh, pro football. Did you know oh. there's a trade deadline coming oh. up? Seahawks got a nice acquisition coming into uh, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Antonio Brown, right? No. Oh. No, different one. Oh, I thought that was a nope. thing. Nope. No? Nothing. Because I read, tw- I read tweets that, like, nope. we that was a sure thing. Week. Nope. Talked about it last week. Oh. Yeah. He's going somewhere else. No, they they added help where they need help, and we have a trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. So we'll talk NFL. We'll do it next. Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan. To see a marching band. Welcome back, game. Let's talk some NFL. Yeah! It's that time of year. We'll get you ready for this weekend of NFL football. That's right. We are going to get you ready. We are going to prepare you yes. for this weekend of NFL football. We're assuming that all week up until Sunday. You've started making no preparations none, for this weekend. None. You have not, and that's not your fault. We're not blaming you for it. 
We're just saying that, like, look, if this is your last resort and you need to get ready for the NFL weekend, th yeah. this is it. We're going to do it right here. That's right. That's right. This is where we get you ready. Uh, can we start by just talking about the um, Sunday night football game last weekend? Sure. Is that a um, pretty good uh, forecast of what the Seahawks season will end like, which is, well, we're going great. Everything's great. There's no way we can lose. Oh, we just lost. Is that a forecast, <laughs> a, 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 a oral telling of the Seahawks the past five years? Ooh, um, I think the expectations are a little bit higher this year than they have been. Even you said that they are a Super Bowl contender, which you have said that the window is closing for the last few years. Um, but this year, I think you have a little more optimism about their offense. Well, but again, let me just go back mm -hmm. because what you just said, again, yeah, is like an I oral guess, history I suppose you're right. of the Seahawks. And again, that's not to trash on them or anything. I just feel like that this happens with them a lot every year where like there's a portion of time where they're just totally bipolar in terms of how they play, where they just like at moments will just super suck. And then like somehow they dig out of it. It just felt that and entire thought that was going to happen last Sunday. Yeah. There's just, there, there was multiple times in that game. We were like, well, they got this one wrapped up and then Nope. That defense man is terrible, yes. but they've been playing without Jamal Adams who they gave up a lot of draft capital to go out and get. And this week, they traded for a defensive pass rusher. What? Carlos Dunlap, uh, the all-time leading sack getter. Is that what you call it? Uh, sacker. Mm, I don't think it's sacker. Uh, sack master. Sack master. The all-time leading sack master for the Cincinnati Bengals organization. Uh, it's coming over for Seattle. My question to you, and I want you to put your big football brain on here. Okay. You mentioned that you played for good and bad football teams. That's right, I did. The defensive line can get no pressure on a quarterback. They had, do you know how many, touch, how many uh, pressures they had on, uh, oh, what's his name last oh, Kyler. week? Kyler Murray. You know how many times they hit him last week? Uh, hit him? Hit him. How many times, how many times did the, the defense? Pressures is what you're asking. How many times did they hit him? Not sack him, hit him. Hit him. Uh, two? Zero. They oh. hit him zero times last weekend. They played overtime to like 30 seconds left in the overtime clock. They played a lot of extra football him zero times. Carlos Dunlap comes over. He's a veteran player. He's uh, been around a while. He's 31 years old, so he's not uh, he's not over the hill, but for a defensive pass rusher, he's not a spring chicken either, mm. so you're not getting an immediate difference maker. He's got one sack this year for the Bengals. How much impact can bring somebody that brings the attack tension that a pass rusher can make a difference to the rest of this defensive line. Can he just by being there, make it easier for the rest of the Seahawks line to do anything? Um, I don't know because there's also this weird kind of mystery surrounding Carlos Dunlap because his prior team is kind of saying that like, eh, he's kind of lost a step. And it's not so much physically, it's the mental part of it. And I think this is also an interesting trend with the Seahawks is that they gravitate towards acquiring guys that mentally have lost a step, and we remember them best for their physical abilities. Antonio Brown is the latest example. Yeah, but they did not sign him. They did not sign him, though they did pursue him incredibly yeah. hard because 
There were tweets that basically like that was the path Antonio Brown was going on until it wasn't. Until Tom Brady called uh, him yeah, out right. and said, hey, I'm going to place in my mention for uh, Josh Gordon was another one. Yep. Where the mental ability is seems like it's a little bit shaky. The physical stuff is all there. I would even argue Marshawn Lynch was the same way when they acquired him from Buffalo because he was coming off of a pair of DUIs. And so this is the same thing with Carlos Dunlap, and it's a following a pattern that the Seahawks have, which is that, like, look, we have such a healthy culture and system of training guys here that, like, I'm going to sweep all that crap away and take the raw talent and form it. Pete Carroll has the ability to form this dude into a abiding team player who's just ready to, uh, you know, go all out for the team. I'm not sure if Carlos Dunlap is there. Yes, he has lost a step physically because he's been in the league for quite a while. Yep. But I don't know mentally if he cares enough for that. Well, and, you know, but, there's the whole change of scenery yes, thing. But well, going from Cincinnati to yeah. a team that has really no aspirations of you know winning a division game, let alone a division, to yeah. a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, you wonder how much of a kick in the pants that is going to be. I guess my question, though, is forget the names, forget any of that. If you just in your unit... On a defensive line, if you can add one impact player, Jadavion Clowney last year didn't have the sack numbers that would warrant him getting paid $20 million, but the Seahawks let him walk. But he made that line more formidable, which obviously makes it easier for everybody else. When you have to pay a lot of attention to one guy, the 49ers line last year was ridiculous because who do you block? But doesn't that make it easier for you when you're sitting next to an all-pro? Maybe not. I don't know. It's my Again, it, it's the, it's the type of game tape that you have to acquire from guys like this. Yeah. I guess you'll know once he plays his first snap, because really, for the most part, Carlos Dunlap in the past two years has kind of been hidden. He's been in Cincinnati. Yeah, nobody's paid attention. His whole career in yeah. Cincinnati. Nobody's he, been. Well, and I guess I do the two year part just because I don't know. I I think that's the best kind of tape that you can yeah. get on a guy. You know, you go any further than that, there's going to be some radical changes in either direction, but. I, I think that this is somebody where we don't really have a lot of information on him because one, he's played for such a crappy team that they've they've destroyed opponent or uh, opponents have destroyed them to points where you get into the third quarter and I mean is really anybody caring at that point? You know, we're up twenty one. Who who gives a rip? Yeah. Um, but you know, I will say that you do have a point to the whole uh, clowny thing. Because again, it, it does it does allow an offensive line to start to gravitate towards one guy. Does mm-hmm. Carlos Dunlap have that type of pull? I don't know. Yeah, well, it'll be I don't inter- know. it'll be interesting to see. Because my other theory for the Seahawks is just make Jamal Adams a full time defensive lineman. <laughs> he's <laughs> just a, put him on the edge. He's it, yeah. he's leading the team in sacks, and uh, your secondary. What's the uh, what's the term? A great pass rusher, uh, you know eliminates all receivers mm. a great player in the secondary eliminates one receiver yeah so yeah just maybe move him up there and just let him just go after the quarterback so a couple theories uh on that i, I will so, say my favorite person in this category that we're doing or at least that i've put out the whole like physically sort of there mentally brandon marshall was signed by the seahawks <laughs> and it's not a seahawks guy oh, okay albert hainsworth Oh, jeez. Albert Hainsworth Dude, he is got paid in my favorite <laughs> NFL anomaly. Like, uh, like, Albert Hainsworth is the dude that every dude who watches NFL games wishes they could have been as an NFL player, which thanks, is... Thanks for the money. I had one good year. See you later. I got the money. I'm just going to chill. <laughs> Start <laughs> stomping on people. <laughs> like... like 
I literally don't have to take any responsibility. Oh, and by the way, once I'm done playing, the general NFL public won't really pay much attention to me anymore. They'll pay attention to Ryan Leaf and other dudes. Like, they'll they'll pay attention to Albert Hainsworth. You're going to struggle to find him in a general conversation about football. Yeah. I mean, I had to struggle to get him into this conversation. It required a lot of, of rhetorical heavy lifting. Yeah, it did. But you did it. I did it. Congratulations. There he is. Congratulations. Um, let's talk... <laughs> Let's talk some odds and ends and uh, some sports funk next. I've got two two pieces of sports funk for you, and then a very exciting uh, return, not necessarily for sports, but to your uh, to your menu routine. Uh, so we'll do both of those after this scoreboard update. Welcome back in. Um, I got into a sports rabbit hole today, um, and I will take you there with me for fun. But before I do, uh, for the first time since 2012, McDonald's is trying to save 2020 by bringing back the McRib. Mm, yep. Are you a McRib fan? No, got no. I don't go to McDonald's. Uh, Really ever. The last time I went there, I, I used to occasionally go and get the breakfast sandwich, the uh, sausage egg McMuffin with cheese. Mm. And it was like maybe once a year I would be like, you know what? I got a hankering or I got a hangover or whatever it is. I'll go get one of those. The last time I went in, it was so greasy. <laughs> I just couldn't even eat it. I don't know if it was just maybe they made me a bad one or they, they were always that greasy and they just didn't notice. But like... I almost didn't even finish the thing. I was just looking at it and just going, like, I was hungry, so that's obviously because that's what I was eating. But I, I, I thought about for a good second, just going, ah, I'm just going to junk this thing and go get some real food. And then I haven't been back. And that's probably two and a half, three years. Uh, McDonald's breakfast, their traditional breakfast, was actually one of my uh, hangover cures yeah, when I used to drink. Yeah, this was mine. Uh, well, yours was the sandwich. I got the traditional oh, breakfast. They, like, they do bacon and eggs? Uh, they do sausage. Okay. They do sausage, uh, scrambled eggs, pancake, hash browns, and biscuit. And I would get a large black coffee, and okay. I would just destroy that thing and then down that black coffee and I'll tell you what, at least for me, it would totally just get me right for the day. Now, my stomach would hurt. <laughs> of course it would. Later that day. Like, I would be out of commission by 5 o'clock. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. I need to go home and lay on my couch and moan for a while. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I mentioned this earlier in the show, but uh, the Golden Gophers yeah. are 0-2. Oh, PJ. We had uh, all the hype going into it, and uh, there is a wonderful, um, I believe it's called a trolling mm. on the Twitter from the University of Maryland. This is from Terps Football. They have a uh, one-word post that says capsized above a Ooh. photo of uh, Ty- it's Tulea, Tulea. To Leah Tagavailoa, the quarterback of Maryland, younger brother of uh, Tua Tagavailoa, uh, that says boat road with a sinking boat behind him in a lake, which is fantastic. Um, but th- they had a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter before Maryland came back, rallied back, and then a missed extra point overtime loses the game for Minnesota. Great football game. Uh, 
But this is how I got into a rabbit hole. Hmm. Do you know who the running back for Maryland is? Did you catch any of the game? Did you follow no. any of it at all? Mm. So right now, running back for Maryland, Jake Funk, which is an awesome name, okay. has 27 attempts on the season for 251 yards of touchdown, averaging 9.3 yards per carry. Okay. I was like, Jake Funk. I wonder if he's related to 64-year-old Fred Funk, who just made a cut at a PGA Tour event. So both Jake Funk and Fred Funk in headlines today. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to see if these guys were related. And they're not. I can't figure it out. It doesn't say no. <laughs> but listen to this. Here's Well, listen. Okay. Here's Jake Funk. <laughs> Jake Funk. I don't think they are. Okay. But listen to the similarities. But you can't right? get a clear answer on it. I, di I didn't get a no. <laughs> okay. I typed it into the Google. Jake Funk might be too new to the scene. Okay. To have been. Uh, but Frederick Funk is born in Maryland. He was born in Tacoma Park, Maryland. Yeah. He went to college at University of Maryland. He is in the University of Maryland Hall of Fame for his golf exploits. Um, and he's about the right age. But... Yeah, this kid, Jake Funk, is the all-time leading rusher in the history of the state of Maryland. So he grew up local, didn't just okay, choose so Maryland because of that. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? But yeah. But I found a very good story about uh, Jake Funk that I thought I would share with you. Wait, now Jake Funk is the running back, that's right? That's right. Funk is the gotta, golfer. Yeah, you got to keep my funk straight. No, no, I'm trying to, I'll, I'll try to keep your funk There's right. a lot of funk in this. There is a lot of funk going on. So... In the articles that I could find about Jake Funk, the, the younger Funk, the football oh, player. Oh, the, the football player. That's right. Yeah. The, <laughs> the football player, he comes from a very athletic family. His uh, grandfather and grandmother both uh, were athletes at Penn State. His grandfather played basketball. His uh, grandmother just said one of the first female athletes on the rifle team. Because apparently that was the first team he got. Dad played football at Penn State. His mom was an athlete. Yeah. Uh, no mention of an uncle who would be a professional golfer. So I think maybe no. But they grew up in the same area, in the funk area. Right. Which is great. But here's Jake Funk's story, which I, I hope that you appreciate because I've gotten way too deep into this. Right. Uh, You're a funk fanatic. I'm, I am a funk fanatic. Yeah. And then I have a hope, and I'll share that in just okay. a second. Uh, but Jake Funk is coming off back-to-back -back seasons with torn ACLs. Ugh. I know. And the way that he fought back was he went to his older brother's physical therapy clinic. So his older brother is the one that runs a clinic in Maryland that has been training to get back. So he was behind two NFL running backs, his freshman and sophomore year, so didn't get a ton of playing time. Had a nice little showing uh, last year before tearing his left ACL a second time. Uh, and now he's back and he's averaging almost 10 yards per carry and a Maryland team that's off to a good start. So just somebody to root for. I know that that's a weird way to get there, but I was I just ended up in a Jake Funk rabbit hole because of Fred Funk and trying to figure out if they're related. So I ended up reading more articles about Jake Funk than I Funk than I hope to. Uh, so I encourage all of you to root for Jake Funk to make it to the league, and more importantly, I want Jake Funk to be a Denver Bronco, so that he and Jake Butt can be on the same team and they can sit next to each other in either order, Funk Butt, Funk Butt, Butt or Funk, or Butt Funk. Either way. This is my hope. That's making me nervous. Is it? Are you saying that? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm looking at the dump button just getting ready. 
as you should. Uh, you also, by the way, just made that like that whole segment. <laughs> just had a really disappointing. Oh, was that disappointing? Yeah. Oh well, because you like you you built it up of like the golfer and the running back, and then it came to to this uh, no to idea. this head where you're like, and are re- they related? No idea. I actually don't know. I can't <laughs> tell you. It wasn't like yes or like how many. No, they're not even related. It was I don't have that information. <laughs> I found I found it again. Grandparents, everything. So I'm gonna assume not. It, I get that it's disappointing, but this is where it led me. And the thing is, you'd think somebody would be able to come out and just go, no. How funny is that that they're both from the exact same area? Because I go, oh, I don't see Fred Funk on there. Right. You thought there was enough people on the Internet that have asked this that it warranted like a a, a separate Web page with its yes. own domain that just literally just says in basic HTML type, like no. not related. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, or what happens is you go, oh, there's a kid plays for University of Maryland. His name is Jake Funk. Yeah. Uh, there's a golfer and they're both headlines today. A golfer, Fred Funk. They both did they had, they had great achievements. Let me look and see if these guys are related. And you think usually what happens is like um, there was a, a baseball prospect, same last name as a famous old baseball player. Right. It was that one time where like one last name was pitching. No, no. Yeah, yeah, we did that another time. Yeah, I remember no, how excited no, you were about th- that. There was a prospect. <laughs> yes, I know. Silly things amuse me. There's a prospect for the Seattle Mariners has the same last name as a uh, Hall of Fame baseball player. And people go, are they related? And then you look it up, and the one guy is white, the other guy is black, the one guy is from, you know, uh, the East Coast, the other guy is from the West Coast. And it's very easy to decipher and go, and, oh, obviously not related. And it's a common enough last name. This Mm. is a pretty uncommon last name. And I go to look it up, and they both went to the same school. Yeah. They both grew up in the same area. And nobody can tell me, so I'm very disappointed. But, again, I thought it was cool, the guy recovering from two ACL surgeries in back-to-back years, fifth-year senior, and, and he's getting his time in the sun. So I knew I'm a guy in high school guy. named Griffin Funk. Griffin Funk. Yeah. That's a good name. And he ended up working for GQ magazine. Really? Which all just makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. And, in fact, what you're probably thinking, like, I told you the name, right, Griffin Funk? Like, yeah. what, what, do you, what does he look like to you in your head? Uh, hipster. Yes. Super hipster. Yes. Like GQ hipster. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 He had a mohawk in high school. And then he switched to like beard and bow tie. Uh, no, now he's like. Vested he's, ascot, heavy beard. No, now he's uh, he's like simple hipster. Oh. So like there's this whole brand of like people who are, uh, uh, you know, simple hipsters in that like every social media profile they have. Uh, it's, it's Griffin with an I? Yes. Oh, of course it is. It's, uh, you know. Griffin Funk design work. Yes. Yeah. And um, he he's a simple hipster now where it's like every social media account, everything is in black and white, and he's like wearing a, a, just a plain white shirt. So it's all, sh- it's all just like, it's all like very emotive stuff. A lot of shirtless dudes on his uh, Griffin Funk page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got J.R. Smith and Ronaldo shirtless. Mm. Yeah, right there on the front page. Yeah, he ended up being a bigger success than me. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> mm, I don't know. You're here. No, I know. Trust me. If we, this if we, if we this weighs heavily against his, Listen. like, working as a corporate designer for Nike and GQ. Yeah, well, if we dump, on, if we dump on your success, if I trash where you're at right now. No. 
I'm here as well. So this, you're great. Well, you are too. Yeah. And I would like to think us together are better than Griffin Funk. Jerk. That's why you didn't like my story about the Funks. Yes, it was my deep-harbored hatred for Griffin <laughs> Funk, a kid who I said all of three words to in high school. hatred, but envy, just pure envy for Griffin Funk. Uh, three words? What were they? Your name's Griffin? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I said it every day. I said three Jerk. words. I said them a lot, though. I hate Jerk. you. I hate you. I hate you so much, Griffin. All right, what to watch in sport, what to watch outside of sport. It's what to watch next, Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. <laughs> NFL weekend. We've got some uh, good matchups. We've got some lopsided matchups. Which upset would surprise you more? Vikings beating the Packers or the Jets not getting embarrassed by the Chiefs? Uh, Vikings beating the Packers. Okay. Because I honestly think the Chiefs, I don't know, they've had these weird close calls this year. I mean, they've beat the crap out of some teams, but, like, the Chargers game was kind of weird. Because even though Justin Herbert's playing well, the Chargers kind of suck. Like, Well, they're 2-4. and four. They're playing against the 2-4 uh, and four Broncos this weekend. Yeah, so yeah, that'd I mean, be a fun one to watch, actually. Yeah, that's fine. But, I mean, the Chargers yeah. just kind of objectively suck. So, yeah. like, uh, yes. All right. That would far more surprise me that the Minnesota Vikings, who are now 1-5, Versus the five and one Packers. The, get versus win. a Packers team that looks looks good and looks like they have a bought in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll see. Uh, all right, what are you, what are you watching this weekend in sport? What is the one thing that has you intrigued? Penn State, Ohio State. You're looking at some uh, Steelers, Ravens. Yeah, I wanted to go for the Seahawks game. Really? Because this might be the moment that the 49ers finally get back on track. They got a lot of injuries. They do have a lot of injuries, but we we kind of anticipated this would happen on two fronts. One is that they were going to have the NFC hangover that every <laughs> NFC Super Bowl team has. I don't know why, but for the past many, many years, <laughs> NFC teams that either win or go to the Super Bowl just suck the next year. Uh, and then two, just like you mentioned, the injuries. Yep. But it seems like they're kind of making a turn here. And they've kind of got their bearings together, and they're in a good place right now where they only have three losses, and they have a favorable rest of their schedule where you're taking on a Seattle team that if you can hold them defensively, which they possibly could, they might be able to actually score against a defense as what we talked about earlier in the show sucks. So this could be a moment for the 49ers. I have not checked to see if Jamal Adams is going to play. Uh, He has been 
listed as questionable or doubtful uh, game time decision uh, for Jamal Adams and three backs are game time decisions in the uh, in that game as well. So that one uh, we'll know a lot more right before kickoff of what's going to go on there. Uh, you have one undefeated team left in the NFL, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're taking on the one loss Baltimore Ravens. That should be a fantastic game. Division matchups are always, always tougher anyways, but John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin are two of the just, I don't know, uh, guarantees that you have that they're always going to come in with a tough team. It's going to be a hard fought game. Yes, I'm all in for Seahawks uh, 49ers. There is a household dispute. My wife is a 49ers fan. I'm a Seahawks fan. That'll be fantastic. But I think the game of the, I think the best game of the weekend will be that one. Can you explain why the Niners are good? Or I'm sorry, why the Steelers are good? Um, Ben Roethlisberger is is the only thing that changed from last year's team. I know. And I I hate to say it, Ben Roethlisberger, good, man. The guy's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I know he's a scumbag, and I know that you hate everything about him, including the Roethlisberger sandwich, which is just meat on top of meat covered with cheese in a bun and then dipped in batter and fried and then more meat and hot sauce and and all the things that you hate. And it almost makes me think that it was really Antonio Brown. Yeah, but Antonio Brown was not there last year. Well, he also didn't play. No, and was, well, they were they were on the cusp of a playoff game when he decided not to play at the end of the uh, 2018 season last year. He did the bounce around season. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that like now that Ben Roethlisberger does not have Antonio Brown, yeah. it seems like he's playing well. Well, but is Antonio Brown a product of having a great quarterback? Where Antonio Brown gets a yeah. credit for being one of the best receivers in football when he was in Pittsburgh. But we saw that with a lot of guys. Remember, uh, oh, geez, now I'm forgetting his name, uh, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace was unstoppable in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then he went to Miami, and then a couple years later, his season was, or his career was over. Well, let's be honest. He went to Miami. Well, I, I get that, but he was he was electric in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And maybe we don't give Ben Roethlisberger enough credit for it. Uh, Le'Veon Bell did not do anywhere near what he did as a receiver or running back in New York that he did when he was in Pittsburgh. So Let us also pay attention to this week's Patriots game against the Bills, yeah. and that this might be uh, the end. The end. This might be their death whisper. Yeah. Um, and I would also like to take credit for correctly predicting that Cam Newton would not work out in New England. It hasn't worked out yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like, it's Let's like, see, what week are we in real quick? Uh, we're eight. I believe. Eight. They have right? played six games? Yeah. Didn't I say like a, a four to five game? That's when you start seeing things start to fall apart. Yeah, well, he's still recovering from coronavirus. Yeah, that's right. So... I just want to take credit for that for a minute because if anybody watched him the first couple of games and thought that yeah. him him running the ball out of off a center was gonna be something to sustain, yeah, maybe you should just watch more football. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's not looking good, but you know what? They have an opportunity. How good is San Francisco? They beat him up last week, but if that team is as good as we think they are, then uh, you know it's, it can be justified. All right. Well, everybody have a very happy Halloween. Do you have plans? Uh, no. <laughs> 2020, of course not. No. All right, everybody have a happy Halloween. Uh, we'll be back next week with Pac-12 football. Well, we're done. Bye-bye. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.